Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, good morning. How are you guys? All right, good to see you all in church. You guys going to camp? All of you? Okay, good. I just want to say my... Uh, we have an amazing youth group here at this church. If you have kids, junior high, high school, make sure they get to get to camp. Um, my daughter um, is in the sixth grade now, my youngest daughter, and she just started going to the youth group, and she came home Tuesday night, and she, she was like emotional and crying. She said, God, I, or Dad, I felt God's presence. And like for the first time, she said, I felt God's presence. And so God's rocking her in the youth group. I love, love what we have going on here. So thank you, youth leaders, uh, for just creating that atmosphere it's an amazing place. We know that the presence of God, yeah, come on. God's presence changes lives. One of the, the highest value really of our church is we want to be a people of his presence. We, wanna, we value praise and worship because we know it's through encounters and through intimacy with the Lord that we are changed and transformed. And the, the inward reality of the cross in our spirit becomes the outward reality manifestation in our, in our uh, soul and body. Speaking of that, We've been in a series called Whole Body, Soul, and Spirit. Uh, I'm not sure uh, how many more messages I'm going to do, but this is, this is part six today. Um, but we, we've been talking about the fact that God has created us in his likeness and image. God is a triune being, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He made us also as triune beings. You have a, a body, you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you also have a spirit. But we've been highlighting the fact that if you pull the rug out from, one, uh, from under one aspect of your being, that the whole person will suffer. Okay? For example, if you pull the rug out from your, your, your physical being, your body, your, your soul suffers, your spirit suffers. If you pull the rug out from your, from your soul, your mind, will, and emotions, how many know the rest of your being will suffer? So we've been kind of talking about the uh, synergy that God wants to have in your being, our, our our, our whole self. Okay, so uh, let's read this verse. Verse Thessalonians five twenty three and 24 says this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many know Jesus is coming back to this world? Amen. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. God wants our whole spirit, soul, and body sanctified for the coming of his return. So the, the word sanctify just simply mean, it means uh, holy or set apart. He wants you, your whole body, soul, spirit to be sanctified, set apart for special purposes. Okay? Let me illustrate this real quick. What are some things that are in our common world that are sanctified? We set them apart for a special use. Uh, I'll give you, give you one example, um, many of you have fine china. Fine, you, have, you have your regular dishes, just you just, you know, paper plates, or whatever you use, and then you have your, your nice dishes, right? Go ahead, and, go ahead and put up that first picture if you have it. There, that's fine china. A lot of younger people don't have fine china. They inherit it from grandma, and they're like, what do I do with this, you know? But, okay, that's for a special occasion. It's sanctified, it's set apart, okay? Uh, here's the next example. Go ahead and do the next picture. okay. Dry-aged meat, dry-aged beef. This is a dry-aged cooler. Now, this is not, you don't eat dry-aged steak on, on every day unless you're like 
a millionaire, billionaire, whatever, okay? It's really expensive. It's for a special occasion, dry-aged beef. It's sanctified, it's set apart. Come on. So we're hitting all the levels here, okay? All right. Special purposes. uh, Go to the last picture, okay? We have our military, but then we have our, what? Special forces in our military. They're, They're special... Uh, units for a special purpose within our military doing um, sensitive operations. <laughs> okay. So uh, let, me, let me ask you a question. Is your spirit set apart? Is it sanctified for Jesus? If you've received Lord Jesus as your Savior, your spirit is saved. Your spirit is going to heaven to be with him forever. Amen? But let me ask you a question. Is your body set apart? Is your body sanctified? It, it, have you surrendered um, your body to his work, to his service? Is your soul set apart? Your mind, will, and emotions, is it set apart for him? Okay, um, Because God wants our whole being, spiritual body, set apart for him. This week, I want to talk about, in particular, the realm of the soul. Okay, We're going to go here a little deeper. Um, man, there's so much we could do here. We could, we could go for weeks on this, but... Your soul is, again, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind is your intellect, your thoughts, your understanding, your reasoning, right? Your will is your, your desires and your, your wants, okay? Your emotions, that's your feeling, your, your feelings, your intuition, okay? An entity that thinks, that feels, and, the will, and wills is a person, is a personality, okay? God created you. He gave you a personality. He gave you mind, will, and emotions, um, okay, so we're going to look at uh, Third John. This is going to be kind of the springboard for this message. Third John chapter 1, verse 2 it says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Okay, there's a lot here. We could probably preach on this for weeks. But first of all, I want to say this is God's will for your life. It is God's will that you would prosper in all things and be in good health as your soul prospers, okay? Providing uh, you're walking God's will for your life, he absolutely wants you to be successful in what you're doing. And, amen, come on. And God wants you to be in good health. He does. But most importantly, he wants you to have a prosperous soul because it's out of a prosperous soul, mind, will, emotions, that those things flow, Okay, uh, he does want you to prosper materially. He wants your body healthy, and those things flow from a prosperous soul. Now, I can hear <clears throat> some of the questions happening right now in people's minds. Every once in a while, you encounter the heresy hunters. Okay, those are the people that they watch the videos on the big church and the nation or whatever, and all the heresy or whatever. Listen, um, I can hear the heresy hunter alarms going off right now. And they're like, uh-oh, Pastor Kurt, he's preaching that prosperity gospel now. Right, that prosperity. Now listen, the prosperity gospel, which is really no such thing as the prosperity gospel. There's the gospel, and within the gospel, there's prosperity, okay? Uh, Particularly the prosperity of our souls, okay? Um, And I just want to say, yes, there have been abuses in the past of the, the prosperity gospel or the word of faith movement. There's been abuses in the past where people have gone too far and become um I don't know, maybe it's, it's gone into greed or different things, but I just want to say that because there's been abuses and they got into the ditch on one side, doesn't mean that those things that, that they preach many times aren't true, okay? So we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, 
Okay, many of those truths are they're spiritual, biblical truths that we can actually learn from. And I've learned from a lot of these people who actually preach prosperity gospel and, and um, the word of faith movement. Now, I don't go as far as they go, and yes, there's been abuses, we have to acknowledge that. But, the, but God, in his word, has talked about how to bless us, how to, how to have uh, healthy physical bodies, how to have um, prosperity materially, and prosperity in our souls. So, but what we have here, this is amazing, we have a scripture that makes a connection uh, with material prosperity, physical prosperity, as a result of having a prosperous mind, will, and emotions. Okay, so um, if we get that, if you have a prosperous mind, um, will, and emotions, the result will manifest in your body and the result will manifest in the world around you. <clears throat> because the three influence, the body, soul, spirit, they influence one another and they're connected. Here's the deal. Your life, your life is the fruit of the decisions you made. The, the current life that you have now, it's the fruit of the, of the decisions you have already made. Um, you and I are doing what, I, uh, doing what we're doing based upon, we, we are who we are, we're doing what we're doing based upon the decisions we've already made in life, okay? Um, yes, sometimes things happen to us in this world. I, I agree that sometimes, sometimes things happen to us that we have absolutely no control over. But listen, we all have things we have to overcome. You don't know what my uphill battles look like in this life. I don't know what your uphill battles look like in this life. Um, maybe, maybe your upbringing was hard. Maybe you had a learning disability. Maybe you had a rough childhood. Maybe, maybe legitimately life was, is and was more difficult because of the color of your skin or, the, or your gender. That's a real possibility. Okay? Everyone has uphill battles that they have to fight. But I, I wonder sometimes if God lets us go through some of those things because it develops actually who we are and gives us some resolve in life. Um, I think any good parent would tell you that you don't want to take all problems away from your children. You want to let them struggle through some stuff, right? Just like a butterfly has to struggle to get out of that cocoon in order for its wings to be strong enough, right? If you cut that, if you cut that cocoon open and let it out, its wings won't be strong enough, it won't fly. Well, listen, in this world, I think, I think God sometimes lets us go through those things with him to develop us into who we we're supposed to be. And so, you can't fully identify with what I've gone through. I can't fully identify with what you've gone through. <clears throat> but your life is the fruit of the decisions you have made. Amen? <clears throat> Here's the deal. A prosperous soul, prosperous mind, will, emotions, will result in sound choices, wise investments, good stewardship, wise relationships, deferred gratification, good time management, healthy bodily stewardship, etc. The list goes on and on. Your life is the fruit of the decisions you've made. Now, um, maybe that's bad news for some of you because you're like, oh, I guess I'm here because of me. Yes. These things are happening because of me. Yeah, probably. That's the bad news. The good news is that your life will be the fruit of decisions you're making now. And so we can make good decisions. We all have areas we can improve in, right? So let's start making good decisions so that the life that we have in the future is the fruit of decisions we have now. Okay. And someone might say, okay, Pastor Kurt, um, you're making a connection between a prosperous soul, mind, will, emotions, and being materially blessed. Um, yes. And, and you might say, well, aren't there people who are materially blessed <clears throat> 
who don't have any prosperity in their souls. They're, they're, they're not good here. And um, I would say yes, there are, but typically those people struggle and they actually implode many times. Um, if you've ever seen the, the ES, ESPN um, uh, 30 for 30, um, that show on called Going, 30 for 30 is a series that ESPN does, but one of them was called Going Broke. Have you, have you guys ever seen that? And it talks about like young athletes who got tons of money when they became in the NFL or the NBA, and, uh, you know, and they don't realize that that talent that they have, that athletic ability, only lasts for a few short years. But they're living life like full throttle, like with all this money coming in. Well, what happens if they get an injury or something like that? They don't get their contract renewed. Many times that money, because they're just spending it so fast, evaporates. And only a few years after they're a professional athlete, many, many times, those people are completely broke. Okay? Um, or another example of this would be many times people who win the lottery... They live it up for a few years, and then they just full throttle, spending, 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 and many times a few years after that, they end up completely broke. Okay, here's the deal. You don't want your material prosperity to outgrow your soul's prosperity. You actually, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want more money than my soul, body, soul, and spirit can handle. Okay, you don't want to outgrow your, your uh, prosperity of soul. Uh, material prosperity typically lags behind your soul's prosperity. That typically happens anyway. Okay, so <clears throat> here's, here's, the, here's the deal. This is why people who win the lottery go broke in a few years. This is why. Their outside grew bigger than their inside. And I want my inside to be, always be bigger than my outside, okay? So we're talking about a pros, uh, prosperity of soul. What does it look like to have a prosperous mind? What does it look like to have a prosperous will? Your will is your wanter. You can have a prosperous wanter, okay? What does it look like to have prosperous emotions? Prosperity of emotions. What does that look like, okay? Um, listen, emotions, um, they're not bad. They, they, they can mislead you. And I, I like to say it like this. Emotions, you don't let them drive the car, okay? But you also don't put them in the trunk. You want to acknowledge them. They kind of help you understand where you're at, what's going on in your inner world. You don't let them drive the car, but you also don't throw them in the trunk. Maybe the back seat's a good place for them. Like, they're like kids, okay? Back seat. Uh, all right. Mommy, I'm hungry. <laughs> all right. <clears throat> okay. What does it look like to have a prosperous mind, will, and emotions? I'm going to give you a few things today. Again, we could spend so much time on this, but this is what I felt like I had for us today. <clears throat> the prosperous soul looks like this, number one faithfulness to the truth, okay? Notice I didn't say faithfulness to truth. I said faithfulness to the truth. Faithfulness to the truth. Uh, we're gonna look at, let's go back to uh, 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Verse 3, it gave, so we're gonna stay in the contextual um, vein here of this because we're just gonna go to verse 3. I, it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Okay? I don't know where life will take us. I don't know 10, 20, 30 years down the road where life will take us, but I would love nothing more than to bump into you 10, 20, 30 years down the road and see you faithful to the truth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Don't, don't let me bump into you 10, 20, 30 years and you're just like, you know, just 
wandering and lost and not sure, you know, what you believe. Like, man, let's be faithful to the truth, okay? Um, Faithful to this truth. Serving God, faithful to his word, committed to the spiritual principles laid out in this book, okay? Jesus said this, John 8, 31 through 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. How do you know if you're a disciple of Jesus? If you follow the teacher's teachings, right? Hold to his teaching. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right? You will know Jesus and his truths and his teachings, and as a result, you will live free lives. Do you want to stay out of bondage? Follow the Lord's teachings that he's laid out for us in his word. Amen? Okay. So we want to be faithful to the truth. That's a prosperous soul. Your inside is bigger than your outside. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two, what does the prosperous soul look like? Faithfulness to the truth. Number two, faithfulness in deed. We're going to uh, jump down to verse five now. Third John 1, 5. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing. For the brothers and sisters, even though they are strangers to you, they told the church about your love. Please send them on a way... Um, on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, therefore, to show hospitality to such people so that we may work together for the truth. Okay. He says, you're faithful in truth. You're also faithful in deed. Listen, deeds, our deeds, what we do, is love and action. Your deeds are love and action. You can't say you have love if there's no deeds connected to it, Okay. Listen, a prosperous soul, you want a prosperous soul? A prosperous soul lives outside of itself. Lives outside of just me, me, me all the time. Okay? Um, Many times they say people who are struggling with depression, one of the best things you could do if you're struggling with depression is actually serve. Do something outside of yourself to get the conduit of God's flow in your life. Um, So many times if people are depressed, I would say go serve at a soup kitchen. Go serve the homeless. Um, become a tither, serve in the kids' ministry, serve, serve as a greeter at the door, do something outside of yourself. Many times we're, um, there's two types of introspection. There's, there's good introspection, which I'll talk about here in a minute, but there's also negative introspection, which all you do is go in and you're just looking in. Sometimes you've got to do something outside of yourself, okay? Um, an example I like to give often, I give this, this example often, I do this also in the Belong class, is that um, how many have ever been to Israel and been to the Dead Sea? See some hands. We're supposed to be in Israel right now, by the way. Isn't that sad? Our trip got postponed. So we are going next year, by the way, if you want to come to Israel with us. I hope. Anyway, my faith's a little shaken right now in international travel. But anyway, if you've ever been to Israel, there's, there's the Dead Sea. It's the lowest place on earth. There's rivers that flow into the Dead Sea. Um, particularly the, the, the Jordan River is the main one. Um, but there's no outflow from the Dead Sea. As a result, the water evaporates and all the salts and minerals stay in that place. And consequently, nothing lives there. Nothing grows there. The water is too salty for any life uh, to be in it. And I think that's a, a really good picture of Christians who have healthy things flowing into them. Maybe you've got streams of worship coming in. You know, you come to church, you hear good worship. You listen to the, the best worship, you know, bands out there. You've got good streams flowing. You, you hear good teaching. You've got good podcasts all week where you're hearing sermons and good, good things are flowing in you all the time, all this life-giving stuff. 
But listen, if there's no outflow from your life, you eventually will become, even as a Christian, a stagnant pool of just where there's not a lot of life. And in order to have life flowing from you, sometimes you have to give. Freely you have receive, uh, received, freely give. Okay? And, it, and it, many times it isn't until you take that step to give, to release something, that then the conduit, the flow, there's nothing better than, than uh, serving the Lord and ministering to people and feeling the flow and the love of God coming through you. Okay? But some of you, I think it, you got you to take that first step. You got to begin that process. Serving somewhere, serving someone, loving someone, doing something. Um, let's see, I'm going to read this uh, if I have it marked here. This is uh, <clears throat> not in my notes, but uh, for, we'll go a couple chapters before. First John 3, 16 through 18, it says this. <clears throat> this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need and has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and truth. Okay? The prosperous soul gives outside of itself. Okay? So, point number one, what does the prosperous soul look like? Faithfulness to the truth. Number two, faithfulness in deed. Love and action. And uh, point number three, what does the prosperous soul look like? Faithfulness in looking inward. I mentioned there's a, there's a negative type of introspection where all you do is look inward and me, 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 me. There's also a very healthy type of introspection. I think the Bible will talk about this when we take communion. There's a time where we're supposed to analyze ourselves and take inventory of ourselves. Okay? So there's, there are times where there is a, supposed to be a healthy type of introspection. Here's what I want to say. The prosperous soul processes pain. The prosperous soul processes disappointment. The prosperous soul um, is a person who is in touch with what's going on the inside. Okay, that's the prosperous soul. Um, I'm going to read Psalm 42 and 43, uh, both chapters. They're not very long. And uh, 10 times the psalmist asked the question to God or to, or to themselves, why? Why? The prosperous soul asks itself questions. Why? What's going on? And, and the prosperous soul a- actually asks God questions. God, what's up with this? Okay? Don't be afraid to ask yourself hard questions. Don't be afraid to ask God hard questions. He's not afraid of your questions. Okay? Sometimes I think people are afraid to like, you know, question God. Well, go to him as a loving father. God, what's up with this? Ask him those hard questions, okay? But then listen to his response. <laughs> Don't just ask the question. <laughs> okay. Sometimes we just talk and not listen, okay? Because he will answer you. He will answer you. Okay. Um, Psalm 42 and 43, they're really one continuous thought. Um, many ancient he- uh, Hebrew manuscripts lump them together as one. You c- you'll see here in a minute how they go together. Um, but I want to say this is a picture of a healthy soul in distress, okay? This is a picture of a healthy soul in distress. It's not a picture of a healthy soul like when everything's fine in life, okay? So you'll see here in a minute. It's a, it's a picture of a healthy soul in distress. Here's the deal. Life is hard, and we all go through stuff. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. It's not the, not the best promise in the Bible, but it's one of them. <laughs> Comes true often, you know, okay? Um, but it's true. We all go through stuff. 
Okay, so there's 11 questions in these two chapters. 10 of them are, the, are why. Uh, and by the way, there's, there's two possibilities of who wrote this. The sons of uh, Korah may have wrote, written this when they were in uh, exile in Babylon. Um, other people think possibly uh, King David wrote it when he was um, either on the run from King Saul uh, or when he was on the run from Absalom during that um, uh, overthrow, that revolt. Um, in either case, the person writing this is not close to Jerusalem. They're not close to the temple, and they're longing, they're longing for God. They're longing for the presence of God, okay? So let's read this. Psalm 42. As the deer pants, as the deer pants for, uh, for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night while people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. Why soul, uh, is down, why soul is downcast within me? Therefore I will remember you in the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. That's interesting that Leslie was talking about a waterfall today. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. This is a picture of, listen, the human soul is a deep place. There's the deep wells of the human soul, the human heart. And then, and God is deep. This is a picture of the deep things of God calling out to the deep things of our heart and vice versa, okay? We have a, a poetic picture of this. Verse eight, by day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Verse nine, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer, suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying all day long, where is your God? Verse 11, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. Chapter 43, vindicate me, my God, and plead my cause against an unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are my God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me into your holy mountain, the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to my God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Verse five, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. Okay, this is not a picture of a healthy soul going through life as normal. This is a picture of a healthy soul in mourning, in distress, okay? It's totally okay to, I think many times in, in faith circles, we almost, um, we, I'm not saying in faith if I question God. I'm not saying with faith if I pour out my soul to God. Listen, this, this is the picture. God, why is it like this? God, why is this the case? It's okay to go to God like that. It's okay to ask yourself, and that's really important, asking yourself those introspective questions. What's, what's going on? What's wrong with me? You ever been, you ever like going through your day and it's like you had peace and all of a sudden, I don't have peace anymore. You're like, what's, what's going on? Find out where you lost it, okay? 
But ask yourself, what's going on? Why did I lose my peace? Why did I, why did I lose, you know? Um, it's okay to ask yourself those questions. Don't be afraid to ask hard questions to yourself and to God, okay? The prosperous soul, and I'm giving you a key to have a prosperous soul. The prosperous soul processes, processes its pain, its disappointments, and its fears with God. Okay? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I'm a man. <laughs> and uh, men are not particularly good at always being in touch with their emotions. When you, ladies, when you ask your husband, what are you, what are you thinking or what are you feeling? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> That's because he doesn't know. I know this seems like an anomaly to you. Like, how do you not know what you're thinking? It's like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know what I'm thinking or feeling. Okay. <clears throat> um, we're not particularly always good at this. And so I'm preaching to myself and men here. Um, uh, my wife had mentioned this the last couple of weeks, but we went to, um, her aunt passed away, her aunt Kathy passed away, which is an amazing, powerful woman of God. And we went to her funeral and um, I got choked up. I'm at the funeral and, and just talking about what amazing woman she was to all of us. And I got choked up and my daughter, Evie, she's sitting next to me and she like, keeps like looking over. I'm like, well, what's your problem, you know? Like, <clears throat> <clears throat> Later on, she pulls me aside. She's like, Dad, I've never seen you cry before. She's 11. <laughs> now, to be fair, I do cry on occasion, just not very often. And I'm, I'm, uh, I don't uh, em- you know, emote a lot of emotion, but there's a lot going on. Just because people don't like have their emotions out here doesn't mean there's not a lot going on in here, just so, just so you know. Um, but I, I process pain. I go to God. I, sometimes I cry. I'm not, I'm not a big crier, though. I'm not a very like, outwardly emotional person. <clears throat> um, sometimes people say, like, you need to get in touch with your feminine side. And um, I can't because I don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I do. She's sitting right there. Sitting on the front. That's my feminine side right there. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> but regardless of who you are, whether you're an internal, external processor, emotional, non-emotional, um, if you want to be healthy in your soul, in your mind, will, and emotions, you must process pain, fear, disappointment with God and with others. And here's the deal. If we don't pro- uh, process it the proper way, unfortunately, it will manifest in unhealthy ways. If you don't process what's going on with you in healthy ways, it will manifest in unhealthy ways. Um, give you another example of this. Um, this week, for us as a church, <clears throat> has been um, particularly difficult for our church family. Um, Wednesday, uh, the, the weather looked really good, and I was, I was actually going to go hiking. I was going to go hike Long's Peak. The weather looked clear all day. Had my bags packed, set my alarm really early for Wednesday morning, and um, I, didn't have, I just didn't have peace about going. I was like, I don't think I'm supposed to go, you know, so I just didn't go. And then we got a call early Wednesday morning and found out that... Um, Elijah Castion, as many of you know here at this church, um, he, took his own, he took his own life. 
on Wednesday, or Thursday night, Tuesday night, sorry. And uh, just been a devastating week for us as a church. And uh, it was good that my schedule was clear that day because um, Emily and I, Hannah, Hartman, Bree, were able to go over to her house and spend, uh, with to JC's house and spend most of the day with her. And many of you have been there since then. Um, Elijah has been with us since day one as a church. Um, for the first, over first year, he was here every Saturday night setting up um, here. Um, many of you are here because he personally invited you to this church. And uh, he had a homeless ministry that we supported, many of you volunteered at. And uh, this is a, it's a deeply painful loss for us as a church. Um, and he wasn't just a member of our congregation, he, he was a personal friend of Emily and I's. <clears throat> um, but I asked, I asked uh, JC, I asked his wife if I could share this today, and she thought it'd be good. And uh, I think Elijah actually would want me to share what I'm about to say as well. Um, he's in glory. He's with Jesus. And, uh, but here's the truth. I honestly felt like we lost Elijah two years ago. And, and we never fully got him back. Uh, two years ago, uh, Elijah's mom passed away, and he was very close to her, and he deeply loved her. And I don't think Elijah fully knew how to process that pain. Um, <clears throat> JC was telling me about when he was twelve years when he was twelve years old. He had a best friend who passed away, and she said he never mourned; he just kept going. And this is why it's so important for us to learn how to process our pain. And uh, consequently, because I don't think he knew how to take that to God or how to process that with people or to be vulnerable, um, he reverted back to some of his old habits. Elijah had a crazy upbringing, crazy history, was in prison, um, got radically saved by Jesus in prison and was serving God. But I think consequently, because he didn't know how to deal with that pain, he, he reverted back to some of his old habits and uh, to cope with that pain. In the last two years, he's had bouts with um, uh, hardcore drugs and alcohol. And um, he, would, he would have moments of doing well, and he would have relapse, moments of doing well and relapse. And <clears throat> the Elijah I knew um, was totally on fire for Jesus. Uh, in fact, when I first met him, we would go to coffee, learning about him because he's becoming part of our church. I'm like, this guy's more on fire for Jesus than I am. Seriously. And I, I, the Elijah I knew would never do something like this. Uh, I nor anyone else had ever heard him talk about self-harm. When he was much, much younger, he did um, talk about that and, and, and had failed uh, suicide attempts. But I nor anyone else had ever heard him talk about um, self-harm, nor did I feel that he was a depressed person whatsoever. In fact, uh, JC told me that um, she looked at his text messages the day before, the day before he took his life. There was someone texting him, going through a hard time, and he's encouraging them. He's like telling them it's going to be okay. He's encouraging them and giving them hope. It's just, if you could think about that. Um, but personally, I believe he was under the influence of unprocessed pain, which led him to cope with other things that were unhealthy. And he tried to break free, have moments of success and failure, 
Um, but then that guilt and that shame and that condemnation of not being able to get free, it's a, it's a negative feedback cycle. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, we'll have a, a memorial service for him you know, coming up soon, but as a church family, we're going to mourn, we're going to process, we're going to heal. But I just want to pose this question to, y- to you. Are you able to take the pains, the disappointments, the fears, and process those with God and with others? Are you asking yourself, why? Why so downcast my soul within me? Put your hope in God. Again, Jesus said, John 16, in this world you will have trouble, but take courage, I have overcome the world. Listen, life can be very, very, very difficult, can't it? We need to take care of each other, and we need to take our cares to the Lord. <clears throat> and by the way, if you're here, and if you're ever struggling with thoughts of self-harm, I just want to encourage you, would you please tell somebody? Would you please be vulnerable and talk to someone and get some help? <clears throat> Why so dumb cast my soul? Why is so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Ask yourself the hard questions. Ask God the hard questions. Process your pain. Process your disappointments. Process your fears with him. But then notice this. The psalmist doesn't just stop there. He actually needs a preacher too. Okay? But in this case, preach to yourself. The Bible says in another portion of scripture that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Okay? Preach to yourself. Put your hope in God. Yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. So, I just want to give you that today. Um, I'm going to pray, and then we'll then we'll close here. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for every person in this room, Lord. Um, God, I pray that we would have prosperous souls, Lord God. That we would be faithful to the truth, faithful indeed, God, but faithful also, God, in going deep with you, Lord. Faithful in and asking the hard questions to ourselves, Lord God, asking questions to God and processing with people around us, Lord. And Father, I just, I just bless this church as our, if you will, our soul has, our, our church has a soul of its own. And I pray, God, you would heal our soul, God. We have a, a deeply painful loss this week and uh, we're asking why. We're asking these questions. And God, I for many times there aren't good answers to why questions, but Lord, I pray that you would come and you would bring healing and you would bring hope. God, would you mend minds? Would you mend hearts, Lord? And we just give this to you, Lord God. Help us to bind together, to heal together. And we love you today, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.